Hello friends, it's Jim Nance and it's my great pleasure to welcome you to Beyond the Clubhouse, a podcast hosted by my friend Garrett Johnston. He is a testament to one of the great things about this sport, the friendships that come from playing or even just talking about the game. And you're going to meet some of the characters that Garrett has gotten to know from this past decade plus that he's been covering the sport. You're going to hear from players, caddies, members of the media. You're going to get the storytelling, the golf news, the players' swing tips, and a whole lot of laughs. It's coming your way with this edition of Beyond the Clubhouse. Here's Garrett. All right, what's going on, guys? We've got U.S. Amateur coming up in Denver area, Cherry Hills, basically, uh, in the next few days here. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. There's always so many good storylines. I love that event. I remember going down to Pinehurst in like one day uh, on the Sunday before it started, uh, that was a lot of fun, back 2019, and just getting to know a lot of these younger players. There's so many cool stories about up-and-comers, like guys in college, Amateur players, what? who's going to be the next big thing? Who's going to materialize? I remember Preston, Preston Summerhays was down there in 2019. I talked with him, and he's gone on and played in some majors since then. He's played in a PGA Tour events. So you'll never know who you'll run into, what players are going to be the big ones coming up. And I actually spoke here with Isaac Simmons on this podcast. Isaac Simmons got through in the U.S. Open. You may have seen he made it through Woodmont and played his first U.S. Open this past June in L.A. at LACC. And he is actually the second player ever from Liberty University to make it through into the U.S. Open. Mickey Dorat from five years ago, 2018, Mickey made it through and was the first from Liberty, uh, Liberty Flame to get through. But anyway, big deal for these guys when you play from a smaller university to get through to U.S. Open. So we talk about the experience, meeting John Rahm, <laughs> meeting some of the stars, Sergio Garcia, Justin Rose, playing with him in a practice round, a lot of fun stories. And he's a really good storyteller too. I think you're going to like Isaac Simmons and what he has to say in this interview here talking reflecting on the u.s open looking ahead to the u.s amateur how much that is going to be on his mind how he's going to prep for elevation changes you've got uh, of course cherry hills and colorado golf club there's gonna be a lot of changes even some slight differences in how elevated each of those courses are so anyway we've got isaac simmons here on the podcast he's going to be a senior at Liberty coming up here in the fall. And I did ask him, speaking of Liberty, there's a course called Poplar Grove, which is the home course for Liberty. And there's a former Liberty player. His name is Jacob Mast. He's kind of a hot shot, kind of a well-known guy in the area. He's the head pro at Poplar Grove. And they were playing the Virginia Open, Virginia State Open. And I asked him about outdriving this guy, the local pro, by 50 yards. So hopefully that gives you context as we get into that question. I don't know, maybe it's 20 minutes into this podcast, um, but that hopefully paints a picture for you. But really a lot of fun with Isaac Simmons, just to kind of get to know you, kind of young young player here, up and comer. He's 23 years old and uh, a lot of fun here. Hope you enjoy Isaac Simmons on Beyond the Clubhouse. All right, please be joined by Isaac Simmons. He's going to be a senior coming up here at Liberty University. Just played in the U.S. Open this summer, a lot going on. Isaac, what's happening? How are you, man? How are you, Garrett? I'm good. I'm good. So, so a little bit of a busy summer. I mean, you get to your first U.S. Open, LACC. I mean, what what do you take away from that experience? Yeah, it was obviously a really cool experience. Um, a lot of people have kind of asked me to summarize that, and I think the best way to really put it into words is just you can't replicate that experience. You know, you can play high level amateur tournaments. You can play high level collegiate tournaments. Um, you can meet 
these guys like you know on the sidelines but when you're actually playing with some of the best players in the world obviously at the u.s open which in my opinion is probably the biggest golf tournament maybe besides the masters like i would rank that number two in all golf yeah it's you can't replicate that there's no real way to prepare for what you're going to feel and what you're going to face the first time so it was just awesome to be out there and like just get some of those experiences well speaking of the best players in the world i mean you played some practice rounds with john rom i hear you played some time with him like what was that like yeah so um, on monday the first round it was it was kind of like a weird thing happened um I don't remember who my original group was supposed to be, but obviously that was not the original group because uh, John and Sergio had a reserved like slot. So it was only those two guys in the group. And there was like a little mix up on the first. And I had actually met John like 10 minutes earlier and we had just talked for a few minutes. So he had kind of just seen my face and he invited me to join them um, on the, on the first tee, which was pretty cool. So yeah, like obviously like him and Sergio, Spaniards like I don't know what their reputation is like amongst the media or just amongst golf fans but they're really nice guys like honestly like Sergio is just a super nice guy and I know he's had some some moments in his past that people talk about but he's a super nice guy and was really insightful and obviously John was really nice um you know he didn't have to invite me to play with him he didn't have to share tips while we were out there but he did and obviously that was really cool and the kind of tips that you're talking about, like just like uh, course management or what, what What kind of help was he giving you? Yeah, I mean, OK, so not necessarily like how to play this course because no one had ever played this course. So it probably was a little different if we had been at a, maybe a regular regular site like a, or, or a PGA Tour event where the guys are familiar with the golf course. But just talking about, you know, how to handle these situations or like maybe maybe like a little certain lies like we you know and we're kind of just it's cool like there's a few holes where that rough's really really nasty and you know we would all go behind the green and hit a few chips and just like i would say like i see it here and then you know they're saying we see it here and we would kind of use this club or like i might try this club and just like you know some shots that i wouldn't maybe see off the top of my head um just trying to maybe how to hit bunker shots when the sand's firm because the sand i thought the sand was pretty firm out there versus what i'm used to they were kind of explaining some of those things. Um, and then also just, you know, hey, man, like, you got to be confident. Like, who cares if there's people out here? Just it doesn't really matter. Just things like that. You know, things that you would anyone would tell someone that is competing in that event for the first time. So that was just like reassuring kind of to have affirmation from guys like that. They're just saying like, hey, like, we like your game. Just make sure you're sticking with it and, like, just work hard and be confident. And then um, the next day I play with Justin Rose and Charlie Hoffman and uh, I played with Adam Hadwin, yeah, because he had just gotten tackled, like, the day before. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty funny. And then, you know, obviously Justin Rose is, like, a super, super nice guy. Like, um we talked like the whole nine holes we played just he's like a golf nerd it was pretty funny we were just i was looking at his clubs he was checking out mine i didn't i have an m6 three wood and he's like how do you still have one of these and, like i've been trying to get one of these um oh wow so he, yeah yeah so he's talking about like painting the top line of his self to make it look like an m6 because he likes the silver piece out in front and it was just funny and 
Um, actually hit with him some on the range after the round. And yeah, just like a super, super nice guy. Like a lot of these guys um, are really down to earth. They're not like, it's not like they're just an everyday person. They still know sure. like, hey, I'm, I'm John Rom, I'm Sergio, I'm Justin Rose. They kind of carry themselves with that, with that, I'm not going to say ego, but you know, their chest is up, like, hey, like, I'm this guy. But when you get to know them and you start to peel back those layers, they're just like everyone else. And they're just they're just out there having fun and enjoying what they're doing. Yeah. And one thing I've noticed with with John Rahm in the past, like we see there's so much intensity, like when he won the U.S. Open 2021, he just gets so fired up. But he's the first person to tell you, hey, I'm just one of the guys I, I'm, you know, w- when the cameras aren't on, I'm, I'm like pretty chill. So, I mean, you spent 10 minutes with them before that tea time. You got to play a practice round with them. Like, did you see a little bit of a kind of a lighter side of John as well? Yeah, I, I saw both sides. OK, um, I saw <laughs> well, both sides. Nice. Now, I'm not going to say I saw the full like Sunday competitor, but he hit a few shots that he wasn't happy with and he didn't get mad, but you could just tell he was just like, he hit, he hit one, he hit a bad shot on, I want to say number, number one, he didn't play very well. I mean, so he, the first, I'll say this first, he does not care at all how he's hitting the ball in the practice round. We were discussing that because me, him and Sergio actually was hitting everything perfect. I mean, Sergio, but me and Rom hit a few, like we hit, a, we all hit some good shots. We both hit some bad shots because um, we're just trying to, you know, figure out like, what do we want to do on these holes and how do we want to play these holes? And he's like, look, I like could care less how I'm hitting it. So he says that, which I think is funny because then he, he hits like a bad shot into one, he gets pissed. And then two, I just, I remember we, our balls were like this far beside each other in the fairway. And so I, mean, I know we had the exact same shot. That's why I remember this whole, we had the same number. I guess it was like 190 into the wind. The ball's above the feet. And uh, pins on the front right in the practice round. And he just like rips a seven iron to like a foot. And wow. just the intensity that he put on that swing after like having a few bad swings on the first hole, just I was like, yeah, he, he means business. Like he just said he doesn't care how he's hitting <laughs> it. And then he, he did that. So, um, but yeah, I would say that off the camera and like, kind of in a practice round. They're just in the locker room. He's pretty chill. Um, I saw that interview he did yesterday. He was like, I just want porter potties on the course. Like that's so <laughs> like, I don't know him that well, but just from spending two or three hours with him, like that's a, I can see that. Cause he, he's not the guy that's going to complain about prize money or complain about, you know, leagues or comp- he, he's just not that type of guy. He's very worried about controlling what he can control and just rolling with the punches and he's not going to be like an outspoken um like he's not going to be an outspoken person he's not going to be a spokesperson for a tour he's not going to be like an activist you know the guys in sports that have tried to do more he's not that type of person he's kind of like a michael jordan like i'm here to handle my business and i'm out right and you can get that vibe from him for sure for sure well, during during that week though, the U.S. Open, I, I think you had your dad Scott caddying for you. What, yeah, what was yeah. that like? Uh, just to, you know, just get a chance playing the U.S. Open with with dad on the back. Yeah, obviously he's he's been a big part of uh, my career, and um, yeah, it was just cool. It, you know, I I don't really know how to put it into words. Um, just yeah, I, I would say it was pretty cool, and just. I think he he's he learned a lot also about just 
not about my game, but just also, you know, how these guys are doing it. And I think it was a cool experience. Um, I think we both got probably a lot more out of it than you would think you would going into it. Um, just he's able to see, okay, how do I handle certain situations or where are my tendencies in these situations or, and then what are these guys doing? Like firsthand, he, you know, kind of talking to maybe some other caddies, like, Hey, how do you guys think about these type of holes or what do you guys do in these types of situations? Um, so, yeah, and then obviously he's going to caddy for me in Denver. Um, so I'm hoping that we can kind of just keep improving. And I'm not saying that he's going to continue to caddy for me as I get older, but it's always nice to have a, a dad that's like knows what's happening and that he's also continuing to learn and get better at doing that because he doesn't have like, you know, he has experience, but he's not a professional caddy. Right. But it is nice to have him like gaining these experiences with me if I ever need him, like, down the road, like, he's there, you know? So it, it's cool. And I think he – I think what I thought was really cool, and this might be a lame answer, but what I thought was really cool is before, I would say, Woodmont and before the U.S. Open, he was really kind of reluctant to help me out because I felt like he didn't want to, like, mess me up or get in the way. Right. Because he, he has a job. He works. And he knows my golf game. Like, we play a lot of golf. He's a big golfer. So we play a lot of golf together. But he doesn't watch me compete a lot because – not because he doesn't want to or not because he – not because I don't want him to. It's just that he, he's got obligations like I have obligations. So I think that he was kind of reluctant to all of a sudden step in in competition and be like, hey, you know, I think the wind's hurting here and I think you need to, you know, go with a six iron instead of a seven. He wasn't, he wasn't doing those things. And I think he's gaining confidence and the fact that he can help me. And I think that was a really cool, cool thing to see is like now we're going to Denver. It was never a question of, am I going to caddy in the USAM? It was kind of like, I'm going to like, let's, we're going type of deal. So you see how that kind of the narrative kind of, kind of flipped there. So I, I'm appreciative of that. Yeah. Well, you're speaking of the USAM going to, you're mentioning Denver, Cherry Hills. It's going to be your first US amateur. You, you made it through because you got through with the US Open qualifying. Um, but you have never played any US amateur before. And you had mentioned last year going to qualifying in 2022, getting a car accident. Like, kind of give yeah. us an idea what happened. I think it was James River, um, which is maybe like Newport News area in Virginia. So, me and my brother, um, yeah, I got in the car wreck, got rear ended. Uh, it was kind of like a, I mean, it was a little scary. It was kind of like a, on a highway type of deal. And um, we didn't get, no one was hurt, luckily. Ooh, okay. um, but it, it was, yeah, that was weird. You know, that was, that was, I, that happened. And then I didn't, that was maybe in the third week of July. And I didn't play again until the first, like that kind of ended the summer because I had to deal with that and like, you know, kind of threw a wrench in plans and, um didn't have a car so i didn't play until like the first college tournament of the year at duke so kind of came out i really think that it's weird that 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 one incident it was just like a one-day thing and i really think i was playing well leading up to that i think i would have had a great chance to qualify um you never know but i think i would have had a great chance and then obviously um kind of came out slow to start the college season at Duke, like had a really bad first round. Uh, played good the last two rounds, finished maybe 
30th, but yeah. So that was interesting. And then, like I was telling you a minute ago, um, 2021, I did a qualifier. I don't even remember where it was or how I did. I have no idea. No, no memory of that. And then 2020 was COVID. So there was no qualifying. And then 2019, again, I don't know what I was, I don't know what was happening, but I know I didn't do a qualifier. So I've done one USM qualifier and now I'm going to play in one USM. So I guess I'm one for one, even though I didn't, even though I didn't even get through in that qualifier. <laughs> yeah. Well, what are your expectations? Like, what are you looking forward to about playing USM at Cherry Hills? Yeah. You know, expectations. Um, I, I just like to play with no expectations. I, I have, I have goals and I have an idea of what I can do. I just don't want to, um, say like, Oh, this would be a failure if this didn't happen. I'm not that type of person. Um, I think I can play well and I think that I can make a run into match play. I've, I've gotten, um, a little better as a match play player. And I think that, I think out there, it's just going to be a unique challenge really learning the golf courses and at altitude. I've, I've done, I've already started to do some research and kind of um, setting up some people that I can speak with that, um, that I know that live in the area, whether that's through friends or whether that's through Liberty um, kind of have, haven't actually connected with anyone yet, but I'm going to do it later this week and just speak with them about the courses. Uh, I've got a packet. Someone sent me with, a lot of data on the courses, like certain lines, like, you know, if you hit, if you hit 300 on this line with a 50 yard dispersion, kind of where does that leave you? And then, you know, 330, 360 because of altitude. So I'm kind of learning these courses. And what I'm seeing is, is that I think even though Cherry Hills is the site, like that's the, that's the match play site. I really think Colorado golf club, how that round goes there is going to really determine a lot of people's week because that is a completely different looking course. It's kind of a links-ish looking course. It looks really open, fescue, a lot of elevation changes, really kind of big, slopey greens. So I think, and it could get windy from what I've heard out there and get really windy and the ball goes super far. It's like nine or 10% at Colorado Golf Club. At Cherry Hills, it's like eight, eight and a half. And I think Colorado Golf Club's another like six or 700 feet up. So, I think that I really think that that's going to be the difference in the week is if you can get a good round out at, at Colorado golf club, I think that you're going to be able to manage at Cherry Hills, even though Cherry Hills is the championship course. And that's the course that the action's going to happen at. And that's the course with the pedigree. I really think that, that this year, that alternate site course is going to be, is going to be absolutely huge to the week. Well, and the U.S. Amateur itself, like, is it an event that you've watched a little bit over the years on TV? Or, like, do you remember, like, some of the past champions just watching, uh, you know, like, the finish? Or Yeah, it's obviously uh, – last year um, was awesome, like, for a couple reasons. Um, Alex Price, too. Uh, I'm not I'm, – I'm friends with Alex. I don't know him too well, but he's obviously from Virginia. And it was cool to kind of see him make a run to the final eight. I think he lost in the quarterfinals. And then, so that was, that kind of had me tuned in a little bit because obviously that's someone I've played golf with, played golf against. And so it's always cool to see someone from your area um, that you've known for a while just do well. And then obviously the final was awesome. Yeah, like I was rooting for Ben, even though Ben and Sam are both, you know, their stories are you can't really make up two better 
um, stories, and it's hard not to pull for both of those guys, right? So that was an awesome final for it to go down to. I'm pretty sure it went down to the last hole. I think Sam won one up in 36 holes. So that's probably the first final that I've watched, like, most of it. Like, most of the TV coverage, I'd probably watch the whole entire final match because it was so compelling. And, yeah, you watch that and you just, like, think, this is really cool. That type of format, a 36-hole championship, it's just you and one other guy. I mean, that's pretty pretty cool format. Yeah, and, and kind of getting you into kind of your college golf career, talking about that for a minute. Um, you got two conference championships, uh, a couple trips to nationals. There's a lot that you've been to over the last few years. Um, what are a couple of your favorite uh, stories so far from college golf at Liberty? Let's say um, probably my favorite story. It's it's not even a it's not even a good story. It's a it's a terrible story. But the first <laughs> term, the so. I think this was in 2020. I'm not, I don't even know, man. It's, it's, it's crazy how fast things go by and how all of a sudden you can't remember what year is what year. Right. But we're playing, it was my, I know it was my first college tournament and I was actually playing as an individual and we're in the middle of nowhere in Michigan. And we pull up to this, it's like, we're staying at this casino, this like hotel slash casino, you know, whatever. Like, so we do the practice round, we come back and we eat. And we got 36 holes the next day. And I got so sick. I had – this is my first college tournament ever. I got food poisoning. Went the whole 36 holes without eating or drinking anything. And uh, get done with 36. And Coach Thomas, who is the opposite guy ever to believe in anything. Like, if you're sick, no, like, you're not sick. Like he he's that type of coach and he, he he makes he gets us working hard and there's no excuses and so he looks at me and goes oh man you're not looking too good so he's like hey jeremy so jeremy it was our assistant at the time he's like take this kid to the er right now so we went to the hospital i got some ivs because i was so dehydrated so that's how i started my first event the good news is we won as a team um with zach barb and getting dq'd in the second round i don't even know so i got <laughs> So I get food poisoning, have to go to the hospital. Zach gets DQ'd, and somehow we win the tournament. So that was my first college tournament ever, and that's that's something I always like. You know, you can't make that one up. Um, and then, okay, so for some better stories, um, I think 2021 regionals we were in Stockton, California regional, and that team was a was a pretty talented group that year. We had me, Kieran, Vincent both the Barbans and then Austin Duncan and Jonathan Yon. So we had a really good group and we just couldn't, for some reason, all spring, it was like a couple guys would play well and someone or one or two guys would play bad. And so we would have a lot of good individual finishes, but we would just finish like third, fourth, fifth, a lot of tournaments. We couldn't win. We just couldn't win. I don't know what was going on. So we go to regionals, I think we were a seven seed. And we were like eighth and ninth after the first two rounds. Um, so we have a great middle of the back nine. I made a couple birdies, John made a couple birdies, and then Alston Duncan makes a hole in one. Oh man. Okay. And here's the thing. So he's <laughs> playing right, he's playing right in front of me. And I have no idea he makes a hole in one because coaches on the tee, sees it goes in and just is like no set like do not celebrate because I don't want anyone to know that you just made a hole in one type of deal. Because I think he's thinking like, 
we have a lot of momentum and all of a sudden someone makes a hole in one, it might be like, you know, in golf, you get a little too high, you can make some mistakes. Right. So yeah, you just like, don't let anyone know what just happened. Like, don't let anyone know. So the funny thing is I'm a phone guy when I play and I, I, I got to stop doing that, but I'm a scoreboard looker. It doesn't bother me. Like some people say, Oh, you know, it bothers you. I, I, I just like to know. I just like to know. I'm a person that I like to know what's going on. So that's like the one round where I wasn't looking because just so much was happening. So we get to eight, I get to 18 T and I'm pretty sure I'm the, I'm the third guy out that day. So two people have already finished. And it's a dog leg right about 380, kind of a short hole, but there's water. Like it's like, a, it's like a reverse TPC um, 18 where the water just tiptoes down on the side of the fairway. So if you push it, you're in the water. Uh, so I'm like, Hey, Jeremy, what do you like here? Like, you know, whatever, whatever you like. I'm like, so what's the situation? Am I just, do I need a par? Do I need an Eagle? Do I need a birdie? Just need to hit a good shot. So he wouldn't tell me that's the funny thing. So I, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna hit a driver. He's like, I love that. I love that club. So when he said, when he said that, I was like, <laughs> yeah, we need We need a birdie. So I hit a good drive. And then the pin was all the way in the back, right? And this is a, this pin, even though from you're like 90 yards, it looks like it's in the water. And I remember hit this like, I don't know what I was thinking. I was being an idiot, like usually. But I hit this like Arnold Palmer finished wedge. Like, I don't know why I'm like cut spinning a wedge from 90 yards. And it lands and like literally spins down sideways to maybe five feet. And so I get to the putt and I kind of noticed behind the green uh, a couple of my teammates and then parents. And then I think our assistant athletic director was there. Everyone's got the phone out like and everyone's videoing. And I'm thinking, oh, man. Like, obviously, we're probably tied right now. So I make this putt. I was so nervous. And I make this putt, and they're all going crazy. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, like, we needed that. And come to find out that John had already put the ball in the fairway behind us. And so, obviously, he's, like, 90 yards. It's a, so this hole is very tough to make birdie, but it's, like, it's a guaranteed par because you're just going to hit it 20 feet left to the pin and then just putt down, right? But it's tough to make a birdie. So I make this birdie, and he's sitting back there 80 yards in the fairway, and I come off the green. We find out that we just went up one shot, and the, uh, and the other team was already done. So it was just cool to know that that putt was, you know, kind of knowing standing over the ball that this could be a crucial putt, not knowing exactly what it was for. And to make it, I think that, like, I've always reflected on that moment when I needed to make a putt because – it was the first time that it's different when you have a putt and it's just for you. Right. Like it's, it's just, you know, I'm trying to win a tournament or I'm trying to, you know, get to this or whatever. But when you have like other people that are watching and other people that have like their, their hopes resting on you, it, it feels different. And I think that's just a really, really awesome story because um, it's, it's helped me from that point on every time I have a big moment, I'm like, well, yeah, this this might be a bigger moment, but in that moment, more people were, were counting on me to or to do something. So that's obviously an awesome story. And then that was to make our third national championship in a row. So we did not make it this year, but we did make three in a row, which is pretty cool. I think maybe only nine or ten of the teams did that. So it's just cool to be, you know, not a UNC or not a Pepperdine or not a Texas, and to do that is pretty awesome. I think.
Yeah. Well, um, I want to ask you about, you're talking about putting there for a second, but a, a drive that you hit, uh, Mickey Demorat, who went to Liberty as well, a friend of yeah. mine, he, he mentioned, uh, he wanted you to tell the story of outdriving Jacob Mast by 50 yards at the Virginia Open. <laughs> tell us about that. I don't know how that intel got leaked, but uh, <laughs> so we were on playing a practice round. It was me, Jacob Mass, Ian McConnell, and Brett Reed. So Brett's a current teammate of mine right now. He's playing in the USM as well. So he, you know, he's he's a great golfer. Um, plays at Liberty right now. He's a junior. He's going to be a junior. So I'm playing with Brett. Jacob is a Liberty alum, and he works at Poplar Grove. He's the head pro, and then. Ian works at, oh my goodness, I'm drawing a blank. I'm not going to say, but he's in Northern Virginia as a, as a golf pro. So Ian's, Ian's a really good golfer, but he doesn't hit it that far. I'll be honest. Ian, I'm sorry. And, and Jacob, <laughs> J- Jacob's not a short hitter. He likes to think he's a long hitter. I don't really think he is, but he likes to think he's a long hitter. Throw on 18 at Independence and they move the tee back to a, to play on a par three box. So 18 is probably usually like 400 there. And it's like a 450 type, type of hole. So it's like 450. And so Ian hits one down the fairway, Brett hits, Jacob kind of like hits one. He thinks he's hit it good. He's like, oh man, that was a good one. And I was like, all right, I'm going to really hit this one. And I, I told the guys that was the best draw I've ever hit on a golf course. I mean, I've hit better on a driving range where I've hit it like that hard and that solid. But that was the most solid drive with speed I've ever hit on a golf course. So I'm like, God, I just crushed that ball. So we get up there and I'm 90, I'm like 89 yards ahead of Ian and I'm 50 yards past Jacob. And we, we got it on video. So I had, I had like 87 yards left on this 450 hole and it is not downhill. It is, if anything, it's uphill. So I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if I got a big bounce too, or it just, you know, cause three, I don't got 365 in me. I've maybe got on a max effort, maybe 340. I don't have 365. So I don't know how it went that far, but that was, uh, I told you guys, that was the best shot I've ever hit on a golf course because um, Jacob, it was great. Jacob said he crushed that one. And then I was 48, 49 yards behind. So that was pretty satisfying. Now that's crazy. A huge, huge drive, huge story. Um, it, it, just for fans of, of golf that may see you in the US Amateur next week, what, what's a sample of like the kind of music you like to listen to? Just get an idea. I know you're you're a Virginia guy from Huddleston. Uh, so are you <laughs> country music guy or what, what's the what's the go to? Yeah, um, I'm a country music guy, like in terms of my favorite genre. Uh, that's not all I listen to. But if I had to just pick one type of music to be going, that would be it. Uh, because the funny thing is country country music you either like it or you don't because almost every song is either about a girl or a truck or beer so um all all, all the songs kind of run together so if you don't like that beat you're not gonna like it um that's what i always tell people i'm like if you don't like country if you don't like country music right away you're never gonna like it um so so yeah, and I like Morgan Wallen. Um, I like Bailey Zimmerman, um, Cody Johnson, uh, Zach Bryant. So, and I like old country too. But those I like I like those guys. And then, but I would say my this maybe is a controversial one. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but 
my favorite artist is Kanye West. Like that is my, he's my favorite artist. Um, if I had to listen to one singer, that would be it. Like I would just listen to his music. Um, I just think that even though he's, there's been some controversy as of late with him and I don't know, I, apparently he disappeared for a month and he came back and people are saying it's not really him. So I, I don't know what's going on there, but I just know that the music's there from 10 years ago and it's good. So, so that might be a different, th different thing than country, but he's my favorite artist, but country is my favorite, uh, is my favorite genre for sure. Definitely. Uh, just wrapping up here. Um, you got your senior year coming up. What are you looking forward to most about that? I know that coach Thomas has been a big mentor for you in the past, but, uh, you know, how much are you looking forward to senior year? Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, I think we've got some really good tournaments lined up and I think we're starting at TPC San Antonio, which would be a great tournament. Um, that's what I'm pretty sure they play the Valero. So it'll be a great tournament and we're going back to Hawaii in the, in the semester. So that was an awesome experience last year. Yeah. And, and I just think we have some new guys. I think we got, I'm pretty sure we have three, three freshmen coming in and we obviously lost, um john and connor who have been there you know those are kind of like those are the last two guys that weren't new to me like i was always with them so everyone on this team now will have not there's not a single person on the team now that was there when i got there so that's that's new right i'm like kind of an old guy for that in that regard <laughs> um because austin barbin transferred in so, yeah, I just kind of – it is interesting that no one is on the team when I arrived, and that's the first time I'll be able to say that. So it's a new challenge. We've got a lot of young guys. I'm just excited to see, you know, um, what they can do and what we can do. And I think last year um, I'm just glad we were able to end with a with the conference championship win because uh, that was the last time that group was to get – I mean, we obviously played regionals and we didn't quite make it. But that was the last win we were able to get with that group. So, yeah, just it's going to be challenging, um, and I'm excited. And I think that it's always exciting in college golf a little bit to be able to to play new courses. But it's always exciting to go back to a course that you've played before. You know, some we have some regularly scheduled stops, and it's always cool to go back to tournaments that you've played in the past and just to number one, obviously see familiar faces but number two to to play a course that you've played before is a, is a great way to see how you're improving as a player um that's probably honestly one of my favorite favorite things about it is that you can go back to the gator or you can go back to, to tpc myrtle or you can go back to uh sawgrass some of our regularly scheduled stops and then you can see okay last year this is how i thought about my game and this is how i performed and then this year like wow maybe you know, all of a sudden on this hole where I was in a three iron, I feel good enough to hit a driver, you know, and, and, and those things are cool to just be able to see growth in that way where no one else can see it, but you know, it's there. Um, kind of a, I actually really like that about college golf about that. You can just really, you know, see that growth in yourself. And you're the grizzled old veteran, as you talked about there, that'll be an interesting uh, dynamic, huh? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Sometimes I act like an 18 year old and sometimes I act like an old man. So I just <laughs> hope, hope the new guys uh, get on my good side. Well, cool. Isaac Simmons, thanks for taking some time here on beyond the clubhouse and uh, good luck at the uh, U.S. Amateur. All right. Thanks, Garrett. Appreciate it.
All right, Isaac Simmons on the pod. Love those stories from the U.S. Open. You can never underestimate the time he got to spend with John Rahm. Spending time, obviously, 10 minutes uh, conversation there on Monday morning and then getting invited to play with him and Sergio. How often does that happen in any college player's life? You get a chance to go inside the ropes to play a practice round at the U.S. Open at the National Championship. Just close proximity. What what a cool opportunity that was. And I love the stories he had about Rom and how <laughs> I don't care. He said, I don't care where the ball goes uh, this round. And yet you dialed in and hit that seven iron to a foot. So, yes, he does care. So it's just funny to hear a different side of Rom uh, from a player like Isaac Simmons. And then, of course, uh, Justin Rose was fun, too, to hear about the M6 and how he's uh, painting uh, his current wood to look like that, too. So interesting stuff. Isaac Simmons, a lot of Cool things going on in his career. He's got a senior year coming up at Liberty, but before that, U.S. Amateur in Denver at Cherry Hills. So a player to look out for when you see the NBC coverage and Golf Channel for this upcoming week. Hope you enjoyed it here, Isaac Simmons, and we'll catch up soon on Beyond the Clubhouse.